We are today as a community concluding a series that we've been in called Worried About Nothing. And uh, I'm excited if you saw that video. We're starting a brand new series next Sunday called 242. And uh, really excited. Make sure you don't miss next Sunday. This brand new series I think could change not just our church, but change your life. And, um, and I'm very excited about it. By the way, I do want to acknowledge, can we welcome our Zoe family? We're streaming live right now to everybody online. We love you so much. We're grateful that you join us. No matter where you're joining us from, we are pumped. We are thrilled. We are ecstatic. In fact, um, last weekend, Julie and I were away, and uh, we were playing in the pool at the hotel that we were staying at. And we had been there for a couple hours, and then this one lady at the pool, she came over. She's like, before you guys leave, I just got to tell you, I watch church every Sunday. And I was like, that is amazing. So I'm skipping the day, and so was she. Amen. <laughs> but, um, but we're just grateful for everybody that joins us online, our Zoe family. And if you are part of our Zoe family, we, we know you're not here in person, but you are a part of our family. We love you so much. Let's clap for our Zoe family one more time. I'm excited to conclude today because we've been in this series called Worried About Nothing. And really what we've been talking about is we're not worried about anything because we've chosen to pray about everything. And I really think the stuff that you're stressed about, stuff that you're worried about, a lot of times is just because we haven't gone to God about it. The more I commit it to God, the more I surrender it or submit it to him, the less anxious I feel, the less bogged down or worrisome I feel, the more excited I am the more I'm like, God is good. God is for me. Maybe you didn't know this today. God is with you today. The Bible says, even if you walk through like hell on earth, God is with you. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to Clipper fans there. There's literally hell on earth. But it says, even though I walk, even through like the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to be worried why? Because I know God's with me. I just want to put you at ease today. God is watching your life. Maybe you feel like nobody cares. No, no. Maybe like we could say that about your friends. Maybe there's some people in your life that haven't cared as much as they should. But one thing's true about God. God cares. God is involved. God is watching. God is concerned. And the Bible says God knows you so well that he knows when you stand up and when you sit down. He knows when you go out and he knows when you come in. He is fully, this is how well God knows you. God knows your thoughts even from afar. He knows everything about you and yet he doesn't change the way he loves you. You ever have a relationship where you're like, ah, I, this is going so good and I don't want them to get to know me because if they get to know me, they're gonna bail. Is that just me? Okay, so God knows everything about you and he's still in. He's like, I know the good, the bad, the ugly. I know your sin. I know all your behavior. I know all your stuff. I know when you get hangry and hungry, I'm still there. He's a faithful God. We don't have to worry. Instead of worrying, anxiety, fretting, doubting, we can go to God and get peace. When I pray, it's not that my problems go away. It's that I got peace about my problems. A lot of times it's not that the mountain 
has, not, has been moved is that, that the biggest mountain was me. Now I've got a better perspective. I've got peace. I want to tell you the best version of you is the peaceful version of you. The best version of you is that at ease version of you. The best version of you is not that angst one, not that worry, controlling, manipulative, leveraging, trying to make it happen you. The best version of you is at ease, at peace. It's going like God is good. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. So I'm not going to fill my mind or my house with all kinds of fear. In fact, let me just say this over your home. Your home should not be a place of fear. Your house should be a place of praise. It's like it's where rest dwells. It's where peace dwells. It's where joy lives. It's where mercy is filled. It's where, come on, clap today if you're thankful. that I'm not choosing worry. I'm choosing worship. I want to conclude the series we've been in, Worried About Nothing, with just to me one of the most important messages. You can write down the title. It's called, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. Because maybe you're like, I, I'd love to pray. I just don't know how to pray. This is like me with every Ikea instruction I've been given. That's how, that looks cool, but I don't know how to do that. Julia! I don't know how to do that. If you're like, man, I need to pray. I need to learn how to tap into that or connect with God. I want to tell you, you're not alone. Even the disciples in the Bible didn't know how to pray. Even the disciples had to confess, fam, we do not know how to do that. We want to do it. We don't know how to do it. Will you show us? Jesus taught his, so I always think this, if Jesus had to teach the disciples in the Bible, he definitely needs to teach us in L.A. So we got to learn how to pray. You know, no one is born just like, you know, when I was born, I was born a prayer warrior. It's crazy. It just came out. Just like she came in a Mazda, left in a Honda. I don't know what it was. Just came out praying, just interceding. No, everyone has to be taught how to pray. And when Jesus taught the disciples, he didn't say, okay, every time you pray, you have to say these words. And if you do not recite them word for word, the prayer does not count. He actually just goes like, you know, I'll teach you. And I'm just going to give you like a template. And you don't have to stay in these boundaries. But it's just, this is probably a good place to start. This is probably, I always like, I'm just attracted to good language. This is good language. You should cook this into your prayer life. Here are some big boulders, some foundational pillars that I think when you pray, you should cover these bases. Watch what he says here to the disciples. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place where when he ceased praying, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, do you think it would be possible could you potentially teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples? So he said to them, okay, well, let me teach you. When you pray, say this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I like that Jesus starts here, and I'm gonna give you a few things to write down to just highlight out of the Lord's Prayer. Write down number one. The first thing he says is start with relationship. Our Father who are in heaven. 
He said, you, you know, when you pray, let's just condition our mind that we're not praying to an energy. This is so L.A. I'm tapping into like an energy. Okay, weird. <laughs> and stop hulu hulu dancing. Anyways, you're not praying to like a mystical creature. You're, you're not praying to a God that's dead. He says, when you pray, you ought to start with just knowing you are talking to a person. And you're not just talking to any person. You are talking to your father. And if you, listen, some of us, we have to get this reconditioned in our mind because we like to put our earthly father's face over our heavenly father's face. And I don't know if you came up with a good dad or a bad dad. But I, listen, even if you think you had a great dad, he don't even touch, he don't even touch the service of the heavenly father. Even if he went to every game, even if he tucked you in at night, even if he prayed for you, even if he was awesome, he didn't even scratch the service of the heavenly father. I'm telling you, the heavenly father is more faithful, more compassionate, more generous, more, come on, he is more merciful. See, when you pray, you ought to pray, our father, this is my father. I'm going to my dad, and my dad wants me to be complete, wants me to be fulfilled, wants me to be happy. Now, I don't know about you. I love my nuggets. I got four nuggets. I got four kids. I love my kids. I want all of them to win. I want all of them to succeed. I want all of them to dance. Like the other day, we, we went to this football game on Friday night, and they're playing um, halftime music, and all my guys were dancing. They're just dancing. They have no rhythm. They're just dancing. And I was like, they get it from their father. <laughs> but I love to watch my children dance and be excited. And be, why do I buy them toys? Why do I take care of them? Why do I take them to places? Because I want my kids to be happy. You have a heavenly father that wants you to be joyful. You have a father that wants you to win. Nobody's rooting for you more than your father. He said, when you pray, just start with just knowing you're praying to a person that loves you and is for you and is with you and, and wants to see you succeed and wants to see you dance and wants to see you smile and wants to see you in right relationship. You're praying to a father that has a plan for your life. So when you start, start with, it's my father. Our father. Notice that one disciple came and asked Jesus can you teach us how to pray? And Jesus did not for one second say, when you pray, say, my or my thing or what I can get or my will. He said, when you pray, and he actually used eight plural pronouns. He said, forgive us our sins. Give us our daily bread that we, because listen, I want to tell you, your prayer life is never disconnected to your church life. It's never you against the world. It's us trying to live the way of Jesus. So it's always about us. Even the prayer teaches us that it's always about the community of faith. And the only way that you will make it in faith is if it's not your own, but it's ours together. So when you pray, say, our Father. It's not my Father. He's our Father. This is not my church. This is our church. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed. Be thy name. What does hallowed mean? Hallowed means set apart like no other. So he said, when you pray, pray. He's your father and there's no God like him. He is set apart. He is high above. He is far above. He's above galaxy. He is above stars. He above moon. He is above sun. He told the sun to get up this morning. This is how hallowed his name is. He's a big God. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. He's a fortress God. 
He said, just so you know, it's relationship and power. Our Father, who art in heaven. So maybe you grew up with an absentee dad where you're like, I, you know, like my mom only met her father one time. And she met him one time when she was little. The rest of her life, she grew up wondering, where's dad? If you're wondering today where the father is, our father who art in heaven. The Bible says the heavens are his throne and earth is his footstool. So earth is just where he's plopping up watching the NFL's back today, baby. Our father, we know where he is. He's in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. Write down number two. I love this part today. Your kingdom come, your will be done. He said, I just think it's good when you pray that you should just acknowledge that it's about him and his agenda and what he wants and not what you want. So your prayer life is not so you can come and get a transaction. Your prayer life is not so you can come tell God everything that you want to have like a genie in the bottle and just go off. No, I'm telling you, your prayer life is about saying, Lord, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? How do I live in this kingdom now? Listen, if you say yes to Jesus, you don't live by the world's kingdom anymore. You live by God's kingdom now. When Jesus came and walked this earth, he literally said that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom is not just there. The kingdom is right here. So when we pray, we should say, your kingdom come. He is the king of his kingdom, and I am not the king. When I pray, I'm acknowledging it's about you. It's about your ways. It's about what you want. And so I'm just coming. How do I ask you to bring heaven down to earth? Can I just encourage somebody today? You don't have to wait for heaven to, to, get, to get up to heaven to have God stuff. You can have the God stuff right here. You can have it right now. You can have it in LA. You can have it in your workspace, in your home. Your will be done just like your will is in heaven. Let it come down into earth. See, some of us, we're just like, man, when I get to heaven, everything's going to be great. No, no, Jesus said you can have a great life here on earth. And it's called living in the kingdom culture, not living for the world or what the world says or what the world wants or what the world tells you you got to have. No, I live for Jesus here and I live for Jesus now. He says start with relationship. Our Father who art in heaven, whoo, hallowed, there's no name like your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come into my life. Your will be done. Jesus echoes the same prayer when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's about to go to the cross and he says, God, I do not want to go to the cross to die for these people, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. See, your life is best used surrendered to God. You will live a difficult life if you are the boss and you call the shots. But when you tell God, God, I'm all the way in on your plan. I'm all the way in on what you want. It's not my will, it's your will. It's not what I want, it's what you want. Do you know that God has a thought on your money? God has a thought on your future. God has a thought on your sexual purity. God has a thought on what you're going through right now. God has a thought on your time. God has a thought on what he wants to do with your body. It's not what I want, it's what you want. Life gets fun when you live surrendered. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's, it's basically dying to self and saying, and, and by the way, Jesus said anybody that wants to, wants to follow me must pick up their cross and deny themselves. 
See, you see what he said? He's like, guys, you don't have to say this prayer every time. I just think this is good language. I can hear him just, this is just good stuff. Start with this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on, on, on earth. Because I think you, God can do stuff here on earth like he's doing in heaven. I think God can do the same stuff he's doing there. He could do it right here. On earth as it is in heaven. And then he says, and write down number three, and give us our bread, our daily bread. Give us our bread, our daily. What's, is Jesus telling us that we need to pray for literal bread? Thank God, no, because I went yesterday with my wife to Courage Bagels and the line was 75 minutes. And we were like, we're not doing this, even though I want a Courage Bagel so bad. And if you don't know what a Courage Bagel is, Google it, it will change your life, but make sure you go at six in the morning. (laughs) He's not talking about literal bread. What he's saying is when you pray, you should just acknowledge, God, you are my provider. You are the one, I don't make my life happen, you make my life happen. I'm not the one paying these bills, you're the one that's paying these bills. You gave me gift, you gave me talent, you gave me time, you gave me relationship, you gave me opportunity, so give me my bread. In other words, it's saying I am dependent upon you. Without you, I got no shot. Without you, I can't do anything. But with you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So give me my bread, my daily bread. What's, it, what's he saying here? Is it's, a, it's a daily dependence. It's a daily surrender. It's, it's not pray. He didn't say, when you pray, come once a year and get your annual bread. Yeah, have you ever signed up for something and be like, do you want to pay monthly, $9.99, or pay the year, $79? I always choose the month. How about you? I'm like, you ain't getting 80 bucks out of me right now. I don't care what the deal is. $80 for the subscription? You crazy. I'll pay monthly gladly. He didn't say get your annual bread or your monthly bread. He said get your daily bread. Because if you come to Jesus every day, every day you're like, God, if you don't help my mind, I'm going to lose it. If you don't give me joy, I'm going to get sour. If you don't give me strength, I'm going to quit today. If you don't help my mind, I'm going to lose. Come on, anybody thankful today that I can come with daily dependence upon Jesus? Give me my bread, my daily bread, my daily bread. He didn't just say pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow. He said pick up your cross and deny yourself daily. It's a daily decision. Following Jesus is not once a month or once a year. Following Jesus is an everyday decision to say today I wake up and I choose you. Your ways, your will, what you want. You're the boss. You're the head. You're in control, not me. You call the shots. I surrender. I'm in on you. And I need daily dependence. This is, of course, quoting what happened in the Old Testament with the Israelites. If you don't know the Bible, in the book of Exodus, the Israelites were, were, were led out of slavery. They, were, they got out of Egypt. And as they got out of Egypt, God was providing for them. So much so that in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, it says that every day fresh bread was falling from heaven. And not only was fresh manna or bread falling, but the Bible says each one had a certain quota that they could get. In other words, God gave them every day just enough to keep them going. 
But guess what? The next day, they had to go out and get more fresh manna and just enough to keep going. I want to encourage you today, today, this Sunday, September 11th, you got just enough to keep building your life. You got just enough today. You got enough mercy. You got enough strength. You got enough wisdom. You got enough purpose. You got enough passion. Oh, come on, clap a little bit louder, Zoe. I got what I need for today. But tomorrow... You're going to have to wake up and you're going to have to go back to the source and say, I need new manna. I need fresh bread. There's no way that you could be the, the entrepreneur or the parent or the person or have the marriage that you need to have without a daily dependence on Jesus. In the Old Testament, it was manna. In the New Testament, it is Jesus. And we depend upon him every day. He said, this is just good language. And you pray. You don't got to pray. It's, it doesn't have to be word for word, but start with the relationship. Our Father who art in heaven, there's no God like you. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. It's all about you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Give us our bread, our daily bread. Give us today. Give me enough for today. God, without you, I don't think I'll have joy. I don't think I'll have sanity. I don't think I'll have purpose or passion. So I need daily bread today. Give me my bread, my daily bread. And forgive me my sins. As I forgive those who have sinned against me. What is Jesus teaching? He is teaching that you and I every day need forgiveness. And if you're here today, be like, nah, fam, like I'm good. Like I don't really mess up that much. Yeah, that's called self-righteousness. You really in trouble. I find it so hard to forgive others if I become unaware how much forgiveness I need in my life. And the more I'm like, whoa, I need grace. I am not the man. I, am, I, I got failure. I've got sin. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done. I, the more I realize I need his forgiveness, the easier it is to give forgiveness. Don't you like that the word give is in the word forgive? Because God was generous to you when he forgave you your sins. You cannot earn salvation. You cannot deserve your way to heaven. You cannot work your way to be good with God. It is a gift. It is forgiveness. And when you receive forgiveness, you can give forgiveness. Without it, you're like walking around like, oh, look at the speck in their eye. But what's happening is all the while is you're developing a log in your own. And you become what the worst word is in church, and that's hypocrite. The one that only wants to be forgiven but never wants to give forgiveness. But I want to encourage you. Jesus said, when you pray, you ought to just remind yourself, I'm a sinner saved by grace. If not by the grace of God, where would I be? But God, thank you that you forgive me. Help me to give the same gift to other people. I don't want to be the person collecting all this grace and not giving all this grace. Don't let me be the person that gets all this forgiveness, but I don't give nobody forgiveness. Jesus, by the way, he is also warning you that people are going to hurt you. People are going to let you down. People could maim you or blame you or hurt you or leave you. They can abandon you or betray you. He said, but don't worry. Just keep on receiving and keep on giving. When you pray, come, 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 get your heart clean. Remember that you're forgiven. Remember, forgiven people forgive people. The more I am forgiven, the easier it is to forgive. So when I choose to be forgiven, I choose to forgive somebody else. 
If you don't let God forgive you, you'll never forgive somebody else. The more I allow God to love me, the easier it is to love. The more I allow God to bless me, the easier it is to be a blessing. The more I allow God to bring me peace, the more I can carry his peace. He said, when you pray, you ought to pray like this. Start with relationship. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth just like it is in heaven. Give me my bread, my daily bread in God. Please forgive my sins as I simultaneously choose to forgive those who have sinned against me and lead me not into temptation. Worship team, come join me. And lead me not into temptation. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And lead me not, let's just talk about this for a moment. Because we got to all understand that we can easily be led into temptation. We are ending tonight. I hope you can join us. Night of worship is going to be phenomenal. We do this every time that we end 21 days. In January, we call it an anointing service. When we end this one, we're calling it a worship service. But we're going to worship out of 21 days, and we're going to go out in strength into what God's called us to do. I can't wait for tonight. But I want to tell you, these last 21 days, I've never been more tempted in my life. I have faced temptation on levels I have yet to even experience. And I felt temptation because I I chose to cut out McFlurries during this fast. And so every time I drive by them golden arches, I'm like this. Like sometimes I just drive my, my kids are like, can we go to McDonald's? I'm like, yes. So I can just sit in the drive-thru and just smell it. Ah, Four more days. I'm telling you tonight, I'm going to get me a double Oreo McFlurry to the glory of God. Put some fudge on it in Jesus' name. We all have temptations. What's your temptation? You tempted to steal, gossip, indulge. You tempted to badmouth, quit. What's your temptation? You're a person like me. To say you're not tempted is to say you're not human. We are all tempted. We are all drawn and led astray by our own evil desires. And when desire gives birth to sin, sin gives birth to death. Some of you are like, why does my life look so dead? Maybe it's because you've been going down the path of temptation. He said, I just think this is good language. Pray, yeah, you need daily provision. You need forgiveness. You need God's will, not your will. But I, I love this one. He said, just pray that you do not be led down a path of barrenness and ineffectiveness and frustration. And if some of you are so tangled up, so raveled, bitter, broken, because you got led down the wrong path. He said, and lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. You know what the Bible is teaching us? You know what Jesus is saying? There is an evil one that wants to take you out. But thank you, Jesus, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of me and can lead me down his path and lead me into fruitfulness and effectiveness and to wisdom Come on, clap today if you're thankful that God can take you down the right one. Jesus is saying, oh, and by the way, if you don't think Jesus was tempted, the Bible clearly teaches us that he was tempted in every way. 
Just as you were tempted, Jesus was tempted. The difference is he never went down that path because he kept praying, Lord, don't let me be tempted. Lord, don't let me indulge. Lord, don't let me go down there. Lord, don't let me look at that. Lord, don't let me get, get, I don't want to even be involved in that. If you've been going down the wrong path, good news today, repent and turn away. There's a new path. There's a new day. There's a new, new season. And when you pray, pray like this, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. In other words, I don't want to be in the clutches of the wicked one. I want to be in the clutches of grace. I want to be in your hands. I want to be in your grip. I want to be in your love. I want to walk with you and talk with you. I want to serve you and know you. I want to surrender. Come on, clap, Zoe. Is anybody thankful today? I don't want to go down this path. Have you not realized that this path promises and never delivers? You keep going down this path and we think when we get to the end, it's going to be a pot of gold. It's a pot of ruin. It's a pot of disgust. It's a pot of shame. It's a pot of guilt. It's a pot of condemnation. But when I pray to Jesus and I say, deliver me from the evil one, for thine is thy kingdom and thy glory and thy power. When I go down his path, I wake up the next day excited. I wake up the next morning fulfilled. I wake up with purpose. I wake up with presence. I wake up with passion. Wow! Forgive me. I got to be honest. I like preaching here. I got to be honest. I can't preach like this at the the Million Dollar Theater. Heck no. It's like preaching in the furnace. What do you think I am? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? He set my feet on the AC ground. What I'm trying to say to you, what I'm trying to say to you is that, is that Jesus is very well, very aware that you and I so easily led down a path and we're led into temptation three times the enemy tried to tempt Jesus one time he brought him up to the roof and he said look at all of this has been given to me I'll give it to you if you worship me one time he said don't you have all the power say to the rock be turned into bread aren't you powerful Three times he tempted him, and three times Jesus stood on the word. He quotes Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6, and Deuteronomy 9. He said, no, 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 man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. No, the Bible says I don't put God to the test. Come on, anybody thankful today that I don't have to give in to temptation? I can stand on what God said. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. When you pray, he, he, he didn't say didn't say you know if you if you pray and you don't pray these words you will not be heard from God he did not say if you pray and you leave out the temptation or the forgiveness or the bread or the kingdom or the father or the hallowed none of it counts he just said I think that this is this is one of the things that I do when I pray is when I pray I try and just acknowledge you're my father I love you today hallowed be your name father there's no god like you hallowed be your name and i want to just remind myself i live for your kingdom not mine i'm building your brand not my brand give me my bread i need sustenance i need 
provision. I need my daily fix. You know how like you see drug addicts got to get a hit? Prayer addicts got to get a hit. I need my daily Jesus, my daily reminder. That's right. That's who I am. That's what I live for. That's what God said about me. Don't you give in to your mind. Your mind tells you that you're a loser. Your mind tells you that you can't. Your mind tells you that you're defeated. Give me my bread, my daily bread, and God, will you forgive me? Because just from last prayer time to this prayer time, I done already messed up. Forgive me my sins. But anybody I've been bitter with, anybody I've been broken about, anybody I've been holding on to, anybody I've been upset with, forgive them, God, and bless them. And lead me not into temptation. Oh, God, you know the temptations that I face. Let me just show you, stand to your feet. Let me show you one last verse here real fast. Let me just show a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I love this scripture so, so much. We're going to end with this today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, sorry, 10 verse 13. No temptation, no temptation has overtaken you, Zoe, except those temptations that are common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Anybody thankful that God's saying, yeah, the temptations you're facing right now, the temptations you're going through, listen, everybody in the room's going through the same temptation. If you're here and you're like, I'm being tempted, everybody's being tempted. And we're all being tempted with pretty much the same thing. And today I'm grateful that I don't have to give in to the temptation. There's a way of escape. And prayer reminds me I don't have to indulge. I don't have to go down that path. I don't have to do that thing that I don't want to do. I can do the God thing. I can go the God way. I can go the God path. Come on, let's pray today. Jesus, we thank you. We say our Father who are...